You're listening to Commute, the podcast. Congratulations, you'll be smarter when you get there. What up? Welcome into Commute, the podcast. I'm Dave. And I'm Jay. And we are about to take you on a deep dive on three topics that we find interesting, and we're betting that you might just find them interesting, too. We can promise you this. You'll be smarter when you get there. On this edition of Commute, we rely on them even if we don't necessarily envy them. This week on the show, we take a dive into what it takes to be a trucker. Of the top 10 most common birthdays in the United States, you may be surprised to know that 9 of the 10 take place within 11 days of each other. We'll examine some of the factors that could contribute to why. When a movie comes out that we want to see, we check the times it's going to play at our local theater, and then we plan accordingly. But didn't used to be like that. In fact, we used to just kind of show up whenever. All of that on this edition of Commute. Let's get it. Jay, what is one job, like a profession, that you just couldn't do? Like, no amount of money or job perks could make this thing worth it to you. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a man that knows my limits, for sure, and I get really queasy around just anything that has to do with, like, injuries or, like, blood or, like, broken bones and stuff like that. I just... I'm just not cut out for that life. You know, people who work in the medical field, they're just doing something that I can't do. Yeah, that's true. I actually plan to say, and I guess I can't do either of these, that you couldn't pay me enough to be a garbage man. Like, just the smell of people's trash, man. Just get out of here. But I actually think, (laughs) more than that, I couldn't be an EMT worker. Like, riding on an ambulance, going to, like, the scene of uh, a car crash or something. No way. I couldn't. I really couldn't handle it. I already have, like, road rage, too. Just, like, it's just, like, baseline road rage. So, it's just, like, standing road rage. So, then, like, the thought of having to drive an ambulance and, like, having my lights on and people not getting out of the way. (laughs) It's already, like, simmering rage. So, it would just be, like, you know, teapot boiling over level rage all the time that actually that actually might make you a very effective ambulance driver. <laughs> maybe but also probably a very dangerous ambulance driver like <laughs> defeats the entire purpose but jay right after garbage man and now emt worker for me it's got to be truck driver long lonely days and nights out on the road not to mention you have to shower at truck stops and get probably three to four middle fingers from other drivers every single day So while it's not something I want to do, I can't appreciate, though, what they do in keeping our everyday lives and the things we take for granted moving. Today, Jay, we explore a bit of life on the road as a truck driver. For starters, Jay, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, at any given moment, there are nearly 2 million truck drivers on the American roadways. These drivers are responsible for delivering everything from the Dots pretzels that you and I love so much to the cars that you and I drive. While some truck drivers leave in the morning and return home at night, a lot of them spend days, if not weeks, out on the road. And because of this, to the surprise of absolutely no one, the profession faces an extremely high turnover rate. In fact, according to the American Trucking Association, the turnover rate is between 70 and 90% every year, depending on the area and the type of trucking. So you take a room, you have 10 truck drivers, uh, it's safe to say that about 7 or 8 of them won't be around the next year. And for many truckers, Jay, the truck is actually more like a small apartment. In addition to a dorm room-sized bed, 
Many trucks come with many kitchens, almost resembling a camper just right outside the main cabin. And if you've ever been boxed in by a few semi-trucks on the interstate where it feels like trucks in the fast lane and the slow lane are going the same speed for miles on end, well, they probably are. And it might actually not totally be their fault. A lot of trucking companies limit the top speeds that their drivers can go. And some drivers even claim that their trucks have capped out at 60 to 62 miles per hour. Now, I still think some truckers do it out of spite, but I have been wrong before. (laughs) And if you are a trucker and you want to bring someone along to keep you company, you better get it cleared first. Unauthorized travelers or doing something like picking up a hitchhiker are almost always big no-nos and generally frowned upon. And Jay, while it may seem like a riding partner would help make the road less lonely, most companies have found it leads to even higher turnover rates. It's like being trapped in a jail cell with a stranger for days, one trucker told Mental Floss. (laughs) And Jay, how about those truck runaway ramps that you see sometimes on the interstate? Well, those are obviously a last resort, but every trucker is ready to use them if the situation ever arises. Semi-trucks can weigh up to 40 tons, and so it takes a runaway ramp at a 10% higher grade than the road to slow one down. It generally takes a runaway truck around 85 feet from entry to one of those ramps to completely stop. And if you're like me and you've thought about driving up on one of those for fun one of these days, just don't. These are basically (laughs) sand traps that will eventually puncture or bury your tires. Yeah, you read my mind. I have those intrusive thoughts almost any time I pass one of those. Like, what what is it like up there? What am I missing? (laughs) Yeah, just I really used. do. Like every <laughs> once in a while, I'll get kind of close to it. Like, <laughs> is this the day? But Jay, finally, how about those 1-800-house-my-driving numbers that you see on the back of trucks? Well, believe it or not, those numbers are real and called pretty frequently. But before you do, make sure you know what you're talking about and have a legitimate complaint. The folks on the other end are truck people at the end of the day. And they may or may not have much sympathy for you and your little wimpy normal car. Would it surprise you to know that I have called one of the 1-800-HOUSE-MY-DRIVING numbers before? Man, you must have been <laughs> in one of your EMT aggressive. At the moves. same time, though, you know that I, I tend to take things a little too far sometimes. You know, like if I get something in my head, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it to the max. Yeah, and <laughs> take it too far. And you're a man of principle. You don't like when people break the rules. <laughs> and it was the principle of the thing. The guy was driving like crazy, and I was angry, and he just caught me at the wrong moment. And so I was on the phone. It probably took 45 minutes of being on the phone to report this. I mean, it was it was just a long list. So you had to, and you I had to really commit. I, I didn't care. I was like, <laughs> I'm waiting. It's like, I'll wait here all day. So what came from it? I mean, probably nothing. I mean, they, it was, it was kind of one of those like, yeah, yeah, we'll make a report type things. But uh, halfway through the conversation, I was like, I had kind of cooled off. And I was like, this doesn't seem as serious as it did 40 minutes ago. <laughs> See, that's probably their strategy. Like, we give you, like, 10 to 15 hurdles to jump, and you'll just be cooled off by the time you get to a real person. I mean, hey, it worked. If that was their plan, it totally worked. So, Dave, you are coming off of a birthday. Your birthday was this past weekend. Happy belated birthday, by the way. Thank you. Appreciate that. And um, you're, I mean, and I don't mean this as an insult. It's just a fact. You're a little bit of a birthday king. Right, I mean, you you kind of—that's uh, true. You know, you like you like uh, you like bringing it all home for your birthday. I actually uh, I actually saw an article the other day that was titled "Since When Did Our Birthdays Become a Week Long Celebration?" And I just laughed. I and laughed like, out loud since I was that. born. Like since the day <laughs> I arrived. 
Now, have you ever run into a situation, though, where you felt like you were sharing your birthday? Have you kind of had a... Actually, yeah. And this just happened within the last five or six years. Uh, and it's, 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 we've navigated it well, but it's been a little difficult. So we have some really, really good friends. And actually, we even joke with them that I am their son's godfather. Okay, and that son that we joke around that I'm his godfather, he has my birthday. So, so now we're faced, we're, we're faced with this every year when we tell people, hey, we're going to have a party for Dave. We have to plan it around his party. Yeah, remind, me, remind the, the listeners how old this person is. We just turned six. Yeah. So. Uh, but it's, I mean, it does, I'm not going to lie, it does cramp my style just a bit. <laughs> you ever think that as a six-year-old, maybe you're cramping his style. It's the other <laughs> way around in making that day about you. <laughs> we'll ask him when he gets older how he feels It's about a struggle. It. You know, you're, you're working on it, though. <laughs> now, you may or may not know anyone that shares your birthday, like Dave, but if you were born in September, there is a much better chance that you do. In fact, Dave, of the 10 most common birthdays in the United States... Nine out of the top 10 are in September. And what's funny here too, Dave, is that the one that isn't, July 7th, is actually my birthday. So Dave, your birthday is September 10th. That is the fifth most common birthday. And mine of July 7th is the sixth most common birthday. Isn't that crazy? Well, and we know how tragic your birthday is. (laughs) Well, we don't need a lot of people to share that pain. (laughs) I just got out of July. All right. I'm ready to ready to (laughs) start the year here. Well, let me read you the list. Here's the full list if you're wondering. So the most common birthday in the United States is September 9th. Two is September 19th. Then it's September 12th, September 17th, September 10th, July 7th, September 20th, September 15th, September 16th, September 18th. So this begs the question, why is September such a common month for U.S. births? What is it about the month itself that skews the data so far in one direction? Since pregnancies are supposed to last 38 weeks from conception, that means that babies born in September were most likely conceived sometime in December. And really, when you think about it, this does make sense. People do tend to work less during the holidays. People also tend to get to spend more time than usual with family and friends. Christmas season is also considered to be more romantic than other seasons. In fact, December is the most popular month to get engaged. Now, proving a correlation, though, that's a whole other thing. Scientists have theories, though, such as that sperm counts are lower during the summer months, that mother's eggs or uterine lining is less receptive to sperm during these months, or that shorter daylight hours during wintertime affect hormone functions. Researchers point out that from a family planning standpoint, September also makes sense. There aren't major holidays, for example. Also, since there are no major holidays, doctors are more likely to be in town rather than out of town for elective or scheduled births. Hospitals are more likely to be fully staffed, which means appointments to schedule deliveries are more likely to occur during the slow September days at the beginning or end of the month rather than during the busy holiday season, for example. Because, Dave, when you reverse this and you look at the least common birthdays, well, guess what? The least common birthday is December 25th, followed by January 1st, followed by December 24th, then July 4th, January 2nd, December 26th, 
November 27, 23, and 25, and then October 31st. So you have Thanksgiving, Halloween, New Year's, July 4th, wow. Christmas Eve, and That's Christmas. So That's all in all, I think this is really interesting. Yeah, and it makes me wonder, Dave, how much you resented having to share your birthday month at school with your peers growing up, or how much you have to resent sharing it now as a mid-30s man, even if the person is six years old on the other side. I love how you know we are a family show, and we have uh, quite the growing audience, which is great. Thanks again for, for listening to us. Uh, but our, our median age of listener is, is between 25 and 55. We're around in there. It's not people that are really young that probably don't have any idea where babies come from. But if they did, they would be very confused by your PG description of where babies come from because you were you were kind of going back from, okay, nine months from, from these dates, what could have happened? Well, people were spending time with family and friends. And so you, the conclusion would be, oh, so they just... I guess they all decided as a group. Yeah, Santa. You know, Santa's involved somehow. <laughs> it's Christmas and, you know, it's just... Now, there is a site I found that will uh, that will give you a pretty accurate look at um, when you were conceived based on your birthday. Yeah, now it's getting kind of weird. But it's called Alarm Daddy, <laughs> so I'm not going to click on it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a malware waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah I already did that thing last the, week with the AI. Uh, I'm not going to click on Alarm Daddy. Yeah, you'll have the tech guy uh, on the phone immediately trying to fix your computer for uh, all your credit cards been credit card information's been stolen. You know, all your data has been stolen. He's like, alarm, daddy. <laughs> Did you really? think about it for more than two seconds? Really? <laughs> and finally, this week, Jay. Okay, I'm going to give you a little insight into yourself that you probably don't even realize. Okay? Are you ready for this? Okay. Now, make sure you have pen and paper, because you may want to refer to this afterwards, <laughs> perhaps during a time of self-reflection. <laughs> well, you haven't heard it yet. You may. You, Jay, more than anyone I know, passionately, almost to the point of being afraid of, hate spoilers. Well, okay. It's, uh, you know, we're a 20-minute show, so I can't take 20 minutes to tell you why, but it's just the principle of the thing. You know, like it ruins my experience and people are so quick to be online and just be like, oh yeah, I saw this and here's what happened. Here's my reaction. And I think some people it deep in their psyche, I think they like to spoil things. Like they like to make people mad. You know, it's like, uh, a so there's a, there's thing. a sinister edge that you come at because let, let me unpack where I come from. Okay. So I'll unpack this a little bit for you. I think we all hate spoilers. I think you're right. Nobody likes things to be spoiled for them. Who wants a movie or a TV show ruined before you get a chance to watch it? But you, Jay, think every movie is basically a spoiler. Like when one comes out that you and I want to see, I mean, it can just be a normal movie, a normal movie. You, you will text me or call me and go, dude, we have to go opening weekend so we don't miss spoilers. It's true. You know, I'm plugged in. I'm plugged into <laughs> I mean, movie culture. I mean, I, I'll own it. You know, it's, it's going to get spoiled if I don't, could, if I don't uh, catch it immediately. It could be like You Got Mail, which I guess does have a spoiler technically. Uh, but still, something like that, a rom-com, and you don't want it to be spoiled. I still, do you know, do you know the movie star Simu Liu? Do you know him? No, uh, he's, no. He was in like, he was in like Barbie, and he was in like the Marvel movie, that uh, Shang-Chi, that martial arts uh, Marvel movie and all this stuff. He's a pretty big movie star. I hold a personal grudge against him because uh, when Mandalorian season two came out, in the last episode of Mandalorian season two, Luke Skywalker appears and it was a huge reveal. Like it was a big deal. Well, he tweeted this information at six in the morning, the day that it came out. 
All right. So I saw it at six in the morning and I still carry that with me. Mm-hmm. I see his face in the Barbie marketing and I'm like, that guy, you know, he did that. He's got to me. let it go. That baggage isn't healthy. I'm thinking it about go. it when I'm like road raging. I got that baseline rage. I'm just thinking about it, you know? Oh, well, moving on. Jay, <laughs> in the early days of film, Jay, it, it was the threat of a spoiler, though, that changed the very way that we watched movies. Watching movies back then, you see, was a very different experience than the one we know today. In fact, according to The Hollywood Reporter, a catchphrase was used to define the era before we started watching movies and the manner that we watch them in today. And that catchphrase, this is where we came in, I think. Jake, throughout what we refer to as the classical Hollywood era of the 1940s and 1950s, moviegoers just simply showed up at a movie when they felt like it, regardless of where the story was currently at. Folks would show up whenever, watch the rest of the movie, watch the credits, watch the cartoon that usually followed, and then sit through the movie again until it got back to where it was when they came in. (laughs) But Jay, while moviegoers viewed their ticket as an open access pass in those days, just come and go as you please, theaters and filmmakers very much did not. And even though I think it's just kind of crazy to think that anybody would have ever done that... As movies became more sophisticated with more complex storytelling, it really didn't make any sense anymore to just simply show up whenever. But Jay, as with anything, change is hard. In the 1950s, the production company 20th Century Fox found out just how hard it was to institute change at the movies. Upon the release of its classic film All About Eve in 1950, the company wanted theaters to sign a contract that prohibited them from seating paying customers after the movie started. And out of the gate, this strategy actually worked. Huge crowds came to see the movie, and because All About Eve's structure is that the end of the story is at the beginning, with the rest of the movie showing how and why it happened, audiences were positive about the experience afterwards. But Jay, after only four days, Fox reversed course. Folks who showed up late were not willing to wait for the next showing or come back for another one. And Fox conceded in a statement that read in part, You can't break with one engagement, the half-century-old habit of patrons going to the movies when they like, or on the impulse of the moment. But that all changed in 1960, with one legendary movie that had a legendary spoiler. Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. The studio, with the support of Hitchcock himself, went full-on promotional blitz about coming on time for the movie. Showtimes were staggered by two hours instead of a continuous loop like they had been before. Uniformed guards were actually placed at theaters to keep people (laughs) from going in late. I'm not even kidding. Imagine those conversations in the jail. What are you in here for? Went to a movie late, bro. (laughs) And Jay, on June 16th, 1960, the see it from the beginning practice we know in theaters today took a major step forward into nationwide implementation when Psycho was released to the masses. And it didn't hurt that the movie was an instant classic with a fantastic spoiler. Too many pictures lose impact when caught after opening curtain, a film reviewer at the time noted. Paramount won't let anyone enter theaters where Psycho is playing after the picture starts. But believe me, no one will want to leave before it's over. That's one of the most unhinged things that you've ever talked about on this podcast before. Like, (laughs) I I can't imagine watching a movie in that way. Like, watching half to the end and then beginning to half. 
just makes my head spin. I mean, just imagine you get there. There's like 15 minutes, <laughs> like, like 15 minutes left. You're like, let me catch how it ends, and then I'll and then I'll work back. See the very ending. And then you sit there for I don't know 20, 30 minutes. It starts again. And then you're like, this is pretty good. Let's just watch it again. Next thing you know, you're taking a double feature. It's like how you watch Star Wars. Like you watch, like it's like, oh, these are the old ones. Now the new ones are actually prequels. And now the new new ones are actually taking place way after these ones. And now this one takes place between this one and this one. Like, but you're just doing that for every movie you've ever watched. It's like what you just said makes sense to me. If you don't know anything about Star Wars, that makes no sense. <laughs> but that makes more sense than this made. This made absolutely no sense. And that's it. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review Commute on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast network. We're on social. Check us out on Facebook, X, and Instagram. And you can always say what up at our website, commutethepodcast.com. Music for Commute is provided by my main man, Jason Sammons. For Jason, and I'm Dave Trump. We'll see you next week. Now, when I worked with the baseball team, uh, so, you know, obviously we were traveling all the time, uh, like through the night on the baseball bus. And so we'd stop at, we'd stop at truck stops all the time. And uh, truck stops in the middle of the night are interesting. Oh, yeah. So it's you like just, a picture you just of see a, it's like a Norman Rockwell painting. It's like a it, it picture really of American you culture. See, you see a lot of fascinating people. And something that I noticed, and I would assume this is still true today. This has been a while. But a lot of the truck drivers that you see in there late at night, all have shaved legs. Now, is there a reason why? Did, did I, you ask I didn't ask or? them. Like, sir, <laughs> sir, why are your legs shaved? <laughs>